but freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Americanism, not globalism, will be our credo as long as we are led by politicians who will not put America first, then we can be assured that other nations will not treat America with respect, the respect that we deserve. You're listening to the voice of the future. Fighting for America every day. This is the conservative crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome to the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in here on the Red Future Radio Network. A lot of news to get to today. We also have in the second or third segment, I'm sorry, of the program, we're airing an interview with Sandy Smith. She is the Republican nominee in North Carolina's first congressional district. She's likely to win. She probably will win, and I hope she wins. She has a very good chance in that Democrat-leaning district, but she can win, and she, like I said, probably will win. We are very excited to cover that here on the program today. RedFutureRadio.com is our website. GOPJosh.com for this program, specifically Red Future Radio for the network. My social media is Twitter.com slash GOPJosh, Facebook.com slash GOPJosh, or uh, Twitter.com slash GOPJosh20. Uh, Facebook is GOPJosh, Instagram, GOPJosh20. Alt tech is at GOP Josh, including Telegram, the most important way to stay in contact. I only use that for emergency transcriptions. We have some breaking news involving the Senate where Ben Sass is likely to resign. We'll cover that in the second segment of the program today, but I want to go a little closer to home, especially for some of our listeners. Troy, Ohio is a hometown here in Ohio, Miami Valley area, a pretty conservative leaning area, I believe. Have some great listeners and family down there. Shout out to the Irwin Chrysler dealership down there. Great group of people. So in Troy, Ohio, like most schools, they had their homecoming royalty for for the homecoming football game and the homecoming dance. And in Troy, Ohio, the homecoming king, his name is Carter Evans, is the king, and the queen is Allie Wolf. Allie Wolf isn't important to the story. Congratulations to her. But Carter Evans wore a bright blue dress to be crowned as homecoming king, and I'm not making this up. The photos are online. The link will be in the show notes below. So, so let's read this portion from the article from the Miami Valley today. An openly gay man who identifies as male but likes to dress in women's clothing, Evans said he is a very comfortable and proud of who he is as a man 
He also noted being proud to be a cheerleader in junior high school, in the drama club, and the spring musical. I always felt like something like this would happen. I hate gender stereotypes. Upon Evan and Wolf's homecoming king and queen photo being posted on social media, the community had a mixed reaction. He said, this isn't my first time wearing a dress to a dance. His classmates are used to how he dresses, but older members of the community perhaps had not been exposed to this before in Troy. So this is mental. Here we have a man, a young gentleman in high school. I I believe he's a senior in high school. Is wearing a dress to be crowned a king. So, so, so they said that this this gentleman, this this young man, and his classmates are used to the way this young man dresses as a female, a, a male born as a male, born with male reproductive organs, is dressing as a woman and being crowned a king before it. So, so this is the new take on the left. There's Harry Styles who is wearing dresses to be performed in and in, in performing dresses in his concerts and magazine covers and he's a king. We have young men who are being I'll say groomed at a young age to think that it's okay to wear dresses and, and whatever else women wear. And now we're living him labeling him a king. Everything the left wants to do is take away the foundation of our society, the culture of our society. And I'm sorry to say that gender norms are not only part of our society, it's part of human biology. Now this is, I'm sorry, just, it hits home. I mean, I've been there. It's a pretty cute, small community. I mean, it's it's not that small, but it's a cute little community. And there have been enough indoctrination camps in these schools and enough indoctrination period in this community to make it believe and make people believe that this is okay. That this sort of behavior is okay. So this is a young man, Carter Evans, wearing a dress at a homecoming game and being crowned as the homecoming king. And when I first saw this story, I thought Carter Evans was crowned as a homecoming queen competing with the women but I I don't believe that's where that went this is just unbelievable and it truly is how is that the the place we're at in America that that is the queen and the king of a school I don't know that's pretty much all I have to say that but that is I mean Come on. I, I wonder. I really wonder. I, I want to go a day in the life of a Troy High School and just see what, what they're teaching in those schools that teach the students this is okay to behave, uh, behave as. I mean, seriously. That's... <laughs> I'm sorry. I really don't know what to say. This is kind of unbelievable. That this is in Ohio High School. Okay. Troy, Ohio, I believe is Miami County. Miami County... Election results. I, I want to see how it leaned in 2020 and see how it, it went uh, Republican or Democrat, Donald Trump or Joe Biden. Miami County, let's find it here. Let's go down here, Montgomery, Miami. 
71% Trump, 27% Biden. All right. So we have a full-fledged right-wing county. How are parents in this school system allowing this to be just ingrained in their kid's mind? I'm sorry, that's the parent's job to stop. The school boards are going to do what they want to do. The, the teachers are going to do what they want to do. That is the job of the parents to stop. Parents in this community need to be more involved in what their students are learning, what their kids are learning, what they are doing as extracurriculars, what is being promoted in these schools by other students and by teachers, and put a stop to it. Run for school board. Go to your local school board and tell them this isn't okay. And this isn't just one isolated incident. This is just an incident that's closest to home for me, so I thought I'd talk about it. This is nationwide. It has to be stopped by the people. It won't be stopped by the establishment. It won't be stopped by the school boards and the teachers unions. It will be stopped by you either demanding a stop to it, demanding that this indoctrination isn't allowed in your children's minds, either running for school board, taking back that school board, or pulling your kids out of public school. That's where it's going to go. This is not acceptable behavior. I'm sorry. It's just, I, I maybe it was the right way I'm raised, but I'm a conservative. And I believe we need to conserve gender norms, conserve basic human biology, and that is the opposite of anything that a Trump voter should like and anything a Trump voter should support. Being propped up at the county football game. Really, I mean, disgusting behavior. Congratulations to the young woman who won homecoming queen. Sorry, it was trampled on. Your, your parade was rained on by another queen. I mean, it, it's just, it, it's disrespectful to not only that student, to everyone else that was running as a, legit, as a legitimate male. Not to mention the fact that it's just disrespectful to every king. I, I mean, if I was King Charles this, the third, I wouldn't want to be put in the same group as that young man. And, and now when, I, when people come, come to me and say, Josh, your generation is wrecked. Now I understand why. I, I mean, I, I, I truly, from an outside perspective, understand why people think Gen Z is lost. I'm telling you, there's a lot more of us conservatives out there, closeted conservatives, you can say, because of this is being pushed in our schools. We're, we're afraid to come out, we're afraid to talk, but I'm not. Unapologetically conservative is myself, and I'm unafraid to take on the left. And I'm unafraid to say this. I mean, I'm pretty close to Miami County. I mean, I'm in central Ohio and Franklin County, but, you know, I'm sure someone out there could find me that, that lives in that county if they were truly upset about that. So, you know, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of this group. I'm not afraid of these trannies or these transgender people. I'm not afraid. I mean, it's just, it has to be stopped. This, this erosion of our culture has to be stopped. I'm going to channel back to my own tweet here. Let me find this tweet that I tweeted because it was a great tweet. How many times can I say tweet in the next five seconds? That's my question. All right. Where, where did it go? Oh, come on. I can't find it. That's how, okay. Being a conservative means more than conserving than an outdated economic policy. It means conserving America's Christian foundation, our founding principles, and our cultural identity. I foreshadowed this, folks. 
And for you folks in West or Eastern Ohio or Western Ohio, for you folks in that area and you folks nationwide and worldwide that are listening to this program on the Red Future Radio Network, it's your job to stop it. It's got to be your place. As a parent, as a community member, as a concerned citizen, it's your place to stop it. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. This is The Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is The Conservative Crusader. 574-675-6747 is our number. Call, leave a message, and you can also text to that number, 574-675-6747-57-GOP-JOSH-7. Our email today is josh at gopjosh.com. Send in an email with your comments, your concerns, your questions. And I will either respond in the email or I will talk about it on the air. The Rolling Stone, which I thought was a music band, but they have a magazine apparently, and they also have a political magazine. The feds may have enough evidence to charge Hunter Biden. Federal investigators have amassed enough evidence to potentially charge Hunter Biden with crimes related to tax fraud, as well as falsifying statements regarding the 2018 purchase of a gun, Sources tell the Washington Post. All right. Stop in there. First paragraph in. The left says that banning firearm purchases and stopping firearm purchases from specific people will stop everything wrong in society. Remember when they said that? They'd stop all gun violence, stop all gun crime just by strengthening the policies to get the guns. Hunter Biden is a great example of that. He falsified the documents and he still purchased the firearm. According to sources familiar with the investigation, agents on the case have likely gathered enough evidence to prove Joe Biden's son lied on a gun purchase application and misrepresented his earnings and financial statements. Ultimately, the decision to charge Hunter Biden now rests in the hands of Delaware's Trump-appointed U.S. Attorney David C. Weiss. All right, so now we have here a, a perplexion. Will this Delaware attorney prosecute Hunter Biden, if he's found guilty, which I don't see, just because, I mean, Biden's not going to let that happen. But but if he's found guilty, Biden's going to pardon him. It won't do any good. And that's when I bring up a question I asked my guest in the next segment. I asked, will you vote to impeach Joe Biden? And I loved her answer. We'll wait for that. Lawyers for Biden told in the post and uh, told the post in a written statement that they believe prosecutors in this case are di- diligently and thoroughly weighing not just evidence provided by agents but also all the other witnesses in this case, including witnesses for the defense. They should not be pressured, rushed, or criticized for doing their job. Biden's counsel indicated that it is a federal felony for a federal agent to leak information about a grand jury investigation. That they expect the Justice Department to diligently, uh, diligently uh, investigate and prosecute such bad actors. So we'll be following that story, reporting on that as we can here on the Red Feature Radio Network. Uh, Today, Biden also pardoned uh, marijuana prosecutors or uh, marijuana defendants and people in jail because of marijuana. So I think he's testing that pardon pin for when Hunter is prosecuted. All right, so now we have some breaking news regarding Ben Sass, one of the only impeachers left in the Senate after the 2022 midterms. He voted to impeach uh, Donald Trump after the January 6, 2021 protest. And Sass likely to resign from the Senate, putting all eyes on Rickettons, I believe is the governor. Ben Sass is likely 
to accept a job as the vice pre- as the vice as the president. I'm sorry of a the University of Florida and resign his Senate seat in the near flu- future, according to two people familiar with the Nebraska Republicans' plans. So this was a weird story. It was leaked on the air. Someone uh, who worked for him is now in a position of punditry on Nebraska airwaves. And he leaked it on the air, and he, he brought it up on the air first. Uh, so the Nebraska governor, Pete Ricketts, would then appoint a replacement first ass under state law with the seat then up for special election in 2024. One of the people familiar with Sass's plans say Ricketts himself is viewed as a potential appointee for the seat. I'm pretty sure he's leaving the Senate or at least leaving the governorship after this election anyway. Um, the University of Florida confirmed Sass's plans in a press release um, that announced him as a sole finalist for the position. The exact timing of his future resignation is up in the air, but likely to happen this year. Uh, Sass said he and his wife had been pursued by wonderful institutions in the past two years, but we've resisted being a finalist. This time is different because the University of Florida is different. I think Florida is the most interesting university in America right now. What I see here, Ben Sass, how old is Ben Sass? He is, he is, uh, okay, it's not just going to tell me. All right, he is 50 years old, exactly, on the dot. He has served since 2015. Great time to retire. He's likely DOA when he's up for re-election anyway. He's not going to win when he's up for re-election anyway because of his vote to impeach Trump. This is the time for him to leave, and it's a great high-paying position. Steve Stivers saw the writing on the wall. He got out, went to the Chamber of Commerce here in Ohio's 15th. Ben Sass sees the writing on the wall. Going to get out, go to the University of Florida uh, here in or in Nebraska. He's a constant Trump critic. He was also a reliable conservative vote. His recognition will be a bit of a, a surprise after he ran for re-election in 2020 at the potential that he could one day pursue higher office. So as far as self-appointment, Ricketts spokesperson Alex Roos said, we aren't going to speculate at this point. Senator Sass is a sitting U.S. senator and there's no appointment to be made. Sass has been interested in an academic job for quite some time. Ahead of his 2020 run, there was speculation he would seek an open position to lead the University of Nebraska. But prior to running for Senate, he was president of Midland University, so that's where his history is. Good for him. I'm not a Sass fan. I don't like his policies. I don't like the way he treated President Trump. Good for him. If he wants to have a cushy future, uh, just just working in the Senate for for the people, or working in uh, university, in academia, good for him. Go right ahead. Good riddance, get out of there. Have a true conservative fill that seat. Because Ben Sass has been a disappointment to the Republican Party, disappointment to the people of Nebraska, ever since he won re-election. He saw the writing on the wall. Ever since that impeachment vote, he has been a, a sham. I mean, he was beforehand. But voting to impeach Donald Trump is the worst political decision a Republican member of Congress could have made. And I believe every member of Congress who voted to impeach Donald Trump over a false pretense, by the way, should be removed from office, whether they are in, uh, expelled, whether they are recalled, whether they are impeached somehow from the people, or whether they resign, or whether they're just voted out next time. They need to leave office. And I'm proud that he's leaving. I'm glad that he's leaving. That's the Trump effect. They see the writing on the wall. They know they're not going to win. They know they're not going to make it out alive after the midterms. 
after the next time they're up for re-election, they're not going to make it out with their career. They see the writing on the wall, they dip. Good for them. Good, good for him. I don't like the guy, but if he wants a job in academia, now's the time for Ben Sass. So that's the news. Ben Sass, a U.S. senator, will probably not be a U.S. senator after this cycle. And they'll fill the seat in 2024. So that is the story today. That is our big story. Another story that's running right now that's pretty important to the people on Twitter, it seems, is that John Fetterman in Arizona, or I'm sorry, in Pennsylvania, records show he didn't do anything as lieutenant governor. In a campaign for a crucial U.S. Senate seat, Democrat John Fetterman takes credit for reinventing Pennsylvania's lieutenant governor's office, transforming it from a political pit stop into a bully pulpit from which he advanced progressive causes. Records from Fetterman's four years in office, however, show offer a different portrait of his time in the $179,000 a year elected job. They show Fetterman typically kept a light work schedule and was often absent from state business, including presiding over the state Senate, which is one of his chief duties. The review found that Fetterman's daily schedule was blank during roughly one-third of workdays from January 2019 when he took office to May of this year when he suffered a serious stroke. Even on days when his schedule showed he was active, a typical workday for Fetterman lasted between four and five hours, the records show. Pennsylvania, I have some listeners there, I know it. Pennsylvania, if you are seriously considering voting for John Fetterman, why don't you want a senator that works for you? Why don't you want a senator that's going to put your best interests at heart and will do their job to make sure they represent you in the U.S. Senate as they were hired to do by the um, Pennsylvania people? John Fetterman has done nothing in his position as state or lieutenant governor of the state. Why would he do more now? Not to mention he's not in high health. Not to mention his only campaign is uh, Dr. Oz and Crudites or... New Jersey and Crudite, Dr. Oz needs your support. I've been trying to get him on the program. He is a very busy man. We are 33 days from the elections. I don't see any uh, more big statewide candidates coming on the program before the election, but we'll see. Hope to have a couple more Congress candidates on the program, hopefully having J.R. Majewski back. I, I've talked to his press director already. Uh, Sandy Smith is the next segment, so I can't wait for that. We're going to just kind of stretch out the program until then. Hoping to get a couple other Congress candidates. If you want a candidate on the program, by the way, if you want to hear your favorite candidate for office on the program, you can go to josh at gopjosh.com, interview the, or email that um, email, send an email to that email address, put in the uh, subject interview request, and make sure you attach some sort of contact information to the campaign. I will do my best to get them on the program. All right, let's wrap up this segment a little early. We'll go to break early, and then we will have our interview with Sandy Smith. Republican SandySmithNC.com for her website in North Carolina's first congressional district. Wrapping it up just really quick. Here is Sandy Smith on the Conservative Crusader right after this. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back to the Red Future Radio Network. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in today, folks, where we have a very special guest joining us on this program. 
Our guest today is the Republican nominee for the U.S. House of Representatives in North Carolina's 1st Congressional District. She is uh, just recently Trump-endorsed, and she's joining us now. Sandy Smith is her name, sandysmithnc.com. Mrs. Smith, thank you for joining me today here on the Red Feature Radio. It's an honor to have you. Thanks, Josh. It's an honor to be on your show. show. Well, I really appreciate that. So, so we're going to start this off with a listener-submitted question uh, by the Calvin Coolidge Project. I believe it's a great question to start with. What role does God play in your campaign, and what role will he play in your work as representative? He plays the number one role in my life, in my campaign, and will be my guidance um, when I'm a legislator for a North Carolina I'm in Congress. I appreciate that. That's very important to me, and it is important to our listeners as well. Uh, so let, let's hop right into the politics of it now. We, we got that part out of the way. got the important part out of the way. <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to say it's, and it's not that it's, you know, the thing is that is super important because I'm going to make this statement. Uh, the problem with our country right now is we've allowed uh, God to be removed from everything. And I'm going to say this. I want to be a beacon of hope to show that, look, we need we're going to put God back into everything. God is number one. It's it, our country was founded on Judeo-Christian values. And if we sit back and do nothing, I, I'll just say it. These godless communists are going to take over our country and destroy it. And we will have nothing for ourselves, our children or our grandchildren. You know, we just started talking a couple minutes ago and I like you already. I, I mean, you're hopping right into it. Foot on the flame, you're absolutely correct, and I, I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate you saying the things other people won't say and other, other politicians won't say. Uh, so, so hopping into the politics of it, uh, according to Real Clear Politics, or 538, I'm sorry, is redistricting map that they built, North Carolina's, uh-huh. uh, your first congressional district leans to the left by about 5%. It's an easily flippable race in this red tsunami. But what are you doing on the ground to guarantee that you can flip enough voters to win in this Democrat-leaning district? Well, actually, let me go back and say 538 is a very left-leaning organization. Matter of fact, they showed this race being a true toss-up. And when I started uh, broadcasting that within 30 days, they brought my my, uh, forecast down to almost no possibility at all. However, if you go and take a look at some of the more, uh, you know, fair and balanced organizations like Decision Desk HQ has this leaning right. You have the Cook Report that has this rated as a D2, which is truly a toss up district. Mm -hmm. So this is a, a true opportunity for us to flip this district and flip this race. What I have that my opponent doesn't have, and that is solutions and issues to stand on. Uh, You know, they have a failing economy. They've got families that are starving, can't afford gas in their car. We have an open border that people are flowing across every single day. And we don't have a clue as to who they are or what they're bringing across our border. They're bringing poison across that border and killing our American families. I don't know if you know this, but uh, the fentanyl that's coming over in the truckloads is the number one killer of young people 18 to 42 years old. And it's, it's horrific. So being able to get out there and talk the issues and have real solutions on what we can do to get our country back on the right track is what I have to offer and is what is inspiring folks to get behind my campaign. I have a lot of folks that are independent and even Democrats that are supporting me because we need change. We need opportunity. And we have been neglected for so many years here in the first district. 
I'm glad to hear that, and I'm glad you're hitting on these issues, these these important issues, especially the fentanyl across the border. One of the biggest issues for even Democrats is the drug crisis across the nation, which is one of, like he's mentioned, one of the largest killers of many group age groups, every age group. And I'm glad you're hitting on these issues. And I, I I talk to a lot of politicians, both on the program and off the program, and I don't think I've had one that's came out feet to the flame, just like you are saying everything that's true, everything that's right in the first five minutes. So I really appreciate that. I just it's. It's unbelievable. I'm sorry. <laughs> they don't call me the redheaded firecracker that's going to work for you for nothing. <laughs> I, know, I haven't heard that. That's a good one. All right. So yeah. <laughs> if you could only accomplish one thing while you were in Congress, you had two years in this in this term. Half of it's taken off so you can campaign to for Nancy Pelosi's people so they, they can go off and campaign and make sure they can win reelection. So you have about a year, so to speak. What is one thing you would accomplish if you could only do one? What would it be? Man, that is a tough question because there is so much to do. And I'll tell you, I'm very ambitious and very determined to get things done. I think one of the number one things that we need to do is focus on on American energy. And that means opening our XL pipeline, the Keystone XL pipeline, and get American energy flowing. Um, Because that has a domino effect across the board from 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 the top of the from in industries across the country it would uh, give instant relief to our families that are struggling to pay you know four five and six plus dollars a gallon which just for the record we haven't seen anything yet in regards to number of gas prices it's getting ready to go crazy bonkers um we it, it would it would actually reduce our food costs because our truckers their diesel costs would go down so then those costs that were passed along to the manufacturer and the food processing and whatever, um, they're able to lower the cost. So, I mean, it's, it's a domino effect. So that is something I think would be very important for us to get done. Um, it would also make our country safer. Right now, my opponent, along with Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi, are draining our strategic oil reserves and putting our country in a very, very dangerous position and leaving us very vulnerable. And I know a lot of people don't want to talk about that, but I'm telling you, it is is so important for us to be energy independent because when we're energy dependent, we help make the world a safer place. So that's why I think that would be a huge thing. Now, I would hope to get more than just one thing done. So I'll throw in there that I want to shut down that border and seal it and start building that wall and stop that flow of drugs and, uh, you know, we, we, there's just, there's just so much stuff to get done. Um, but those are, those are two things that I, that I, I really think we have to get, get handled right away. So you mentioned the gas prices, which I had a question about because I'm driving down the road and I look at signs, 409 a gallon. I'm like two years ago, it was less than $3 a gallon. Where's this coming from? And it was $1.98 in January 2021 before Biden took office. And that was after after the COVID restriction and everything, that the excuses they used for for Trump's low gas prices, it was still so much lower. So absolutely. (laughs) So OPEC, I think you you probably saw the news today. They're planning on cutting 20 million barrels a day, I think it said, of production. Uh, Like you mentioned, bringing gas prices down. What will be your strategic plan to either bring those barrels back or get American energy flowing again and getting it producing for the American people. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, that's what we have to do. We have to be focused on American energy production and and start making our country rich. Why are we sending money overseas to countries that hate us and buying oil over there? 
We need to make sure that we are energy independent. And more importantly, we need to be energy dominant because we're seeing exactly what's happening over in Europe and Russia. I don't know if you know this, but we they are trying to figure out how they're going to heat homes mm-hmm. in, in Europe right now because they can't afford the gas and can't get the gas. And I mean, it's very scary. I think 75% of all restaurants and cafes in the UK are planning to shut down. I mean, this is this is something that's just not isolated to us. This is something that's that's uh, affecting the entire world. And it's why it's so imperative that we focus on American energy and American energy is all of the above. But that doesn't mean we just switch all the way over and switch to a, an electric car that, by the way, which is hilarious. I don't know if you've seen the video. Uh, they can't charge their cars out in California, but they've got a gas uh, generator charging it strapped to the back of their car. It's ridiculous. So, um, I mean, it's it all it's all about uh, using common sense and what is going to be the best thing for our country. You know, that's the other thing is, you know, the Democrats, my opponent, they, they are focused on putting America last. And you know what? It's about time we stand up and put America first, because I'll tell you what. When we put America first, that helps everybody across uh, around the world and across the country. Yes, it does. Um, America first policies, like you mentioned, help everyone. When we produce mm-hmm. energy ourselves, at, at the last day of the uh, the Trump administration, January twentieth, twenty twenty one, we were exporting oil. We were sending our oil. We were selling our oil, not only creating yes. another revenue stream for the United States, but also helping the rest of the world with their energy crises that they're mm-hmm. having now too. Remember, there was a point where they said we had too much oil and they were trying to figure out where they were going to put it. <laughs> I do. So do you yeah. So, I mean, and now and now we are draining our strategic oil reserves and OPEX is telling us, oh, by the way, we're going to reduce stuff back because they want to see those uh, barrels of gas shoot to one hundred twenty dollars a gallon a, a barrel. It, they wouldn't. I, I remember reading. I think it was Newswire that reported that Saudi Arabia was raising their oil prices in August. And it was going to start reflecting on us late September. Why are we reliant on Saudi Arabia oil at this point? I am sitting right now in the central Ohio region. I am sitting on gas right now that could be drilled and pumped out and put in my car. Why are we relying on Saudi Arabia? Exactly. And you know what? We talked about gas prices just a few minutes ago. Something they're not talking about. We have a lot of senior citizens and, and families that are Uh, living on a fixed income, uh, that they're looking towards winter and the cost of gas to heat their homes is going to be astronomic where a lot of them aren't going to be able to afford it. Mm -hmm. So this is a huge problem. And it's not just gas in our cars. That's a big thing. This is this is energy to heat our homes and run our communities. Yes, it is. Propane is even just as bad. That's that's something that most people use to heat their home is you can't get that either. It's way more expensive than it used to be. Oh, it's crazy. I think a gentleman that I know, a business owner who actually goes uh, and and is in that industry, said it's costing him, uh, I think it's five times what it normally used to cost to to fill his his, uh, truck up each day to go out to service each client. And the thing is, he says, uh, you know, they have to pay for that up front. And he said, some of these folks, he's not sure they're going to be able to even pay for their bill. And what do you do as an American? Do you not give somebody gas to eat the, their their home, especially if they're a senior and you know they can't, they they don't have that that disposable income? It's it's crazy. You're right. And we we've got to do something. And the thing is, right, like for example, here in Eastern North Carolina, they have our gas prices are artificially 
low right now, unusually low, actually probably one of the lowest places in the in the uh, state. But come November 9th, maybe even a little bit sooner, but I'm thinking November 9th, that's when we're going to see these these gas prices explode across the country. And, you know, whatever happens out in California, it just it kind of waves through the rest of the, the country. And right now we're seeing almost seven dollars a gallon out there. Well, well, just listen to Biden really quick. He he said that you need to uh, the, the gas prices and the gas company did, need to lower their prices. They may be selling it at a loss already. They need to artificially lower them even more. And, and that's his they strategy. Want- they want you. They Biden, who's who's always been a career politician, just like my opponent, has never worked in the private sector, mm-hmm. and so he's trying to tell businesses what they should and shouldn't charge their customer. At the same time, he's telling them that they need to pay a minimum a uh, uh, minimum wage. I'm like, come on, get government out of business and let businesses do business. And this kind of transitions into my next question: Nothing that you're talking about right now can be done with the same dementia-ridden old man in the White House. Would you vote if if a if a uh, bill was presented to impeach Joe Biden? Oh, absolutely! I'm glad absolutely. to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's it's and and by the way, it wouldn't be just Joe Biden we'd be impeaching. Good, good. So, so we have another listener submitted question about the House Freedom Caucus. Uh, are you planning on joining joining that when you uh, enter Capitol Hill? I am. I was just endorsed by the Freedom Caucus, and it definitely seems like a place that would be um, a, a place that I would feel at home at. So, if I'm offered the the invitation to join, it's definitely something I would entertain. I'm very glad to hear that, and, and we're running low on time. We only have you for 15 minutes. So, where can someone find your campaign on the Digital Sphere online, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, your website? Help out, uh, donate, ask you questions, whatever they want to do. Perfect. I would love that. Okay. So you can go to my website. It's super easy. It's sandysmithnc.com. And then if you're on any social media platform, I think I'm just about on every single platform. My handle is sandysmithnc. And you can go to my website, click that little donate button, donate whatever you can. If it's $5, fantastic. That buys a yard sign. If you can give a, a more than that, I can get radio ads and there's YouTube ads and stuff like that. So this is a grassroots. This is we the people working because I will tell you this, Nancy Pelosi has spent over $2 million attacking me. They have spent more money on me than just about any other congressional race in the country because Nancy Pelosi fears me. So it's time we the people stand up. We chip in. We volunteer. If you can, if you want to help my campaign, you can live anywhere in the country and help my campaign. You can make phone calls. Just reach out to my campaign. Send me an email, and I will hook you up. If you live in North Carolina or coming to North Carolina, you can come help knock doors. I'd love all of it. It's once again, it's we the people, and we are going to make it happen. That's sandysmithnc.com. I, I love how well presented that was, by the way. I, usually people are like, well, you can find me here, here. You, you had it way down. All right. sandysmithnc.com. The link will be in the show notes below for those listening on the podcast. On the YouTube page, it will be in the description below. Uh, Sandy Smith, thank you for your time today. Thank you, Josh. Have a great evening. You too. We'll be cheering you on here in Ohio. My name is Awesome. Hey, we, we love Ohio. Woo-hoo! Ohio, MAGA, MAGA Nation, as, as Trump calls it. My name is GOP uh, John. It is a MAGA Nation. I have a lot of family out there, so we love Ohio. Well, thank you for that. I, I've been trying to make a trip down to North Carolina. My first trip got canceled from COVID, of course. So. Oh, no, Gary. Welcome anytime. Just give me a holler. All right. We'll make it down there. All right. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, sir. 
My name is GOP Josh. This is the Conservative Crusader here on the Red Future Radio Network. Stay tuned for a little more after this, but that was SandySmithNC.com. SandySmithNC.com. My name is GOP Josh. Red Future Radio. Be right back after this. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. Thank you for listening to that interview. I hope you enjoyed with Sandy Smith for Congress, sandysmithnc.com. If you enjoyed that interview, please make sure you rate the podcast five stars. Check out her website. Check out jopjosh.com. Follow her on social media. Contact her campaign. Volunteer with her campaign. Donate to her campaign. So many things you can do if you enjoyed that interview. And if you didn't enjoy that interview, then why are you still listening? (laughs) All right. Trump is spending money. Finally, we're pulling out the applause button because Trump is putting money into these races, putting his money where his mouth is. Former President Donald Trump's MAGA Inc. Political Action Committee. I don't even know. I don't know if you guys could hear that. I just dropped something. I don't know what it was. His political action committee will pay for television advertising in Ohio and Pennsylvania beginning on October 2nd. The committee was formed by Trump aides in late September and is expected to spin in races where the former president has endorsed Republican candidates as reported by Ad Impact. Trump has endorsed J.D. Vance in Ohio and Mehmet Oz in Pennsylvania. Both candidates are running to replace GOP incumbents. So he has amassed a nine-figure war chest through Save America PAC. Some Republican campaigns have expressed concern that, that he would stay on the sidelines despite endorsing more than 200 candidates in the primaries. Many Republicans in marquee races, including Vance and Oz, have struggled financially. Uh, Scott Jennings emphasized in a recent interview that additional spending from Trump was unexpected. All right, so where we're standing at this point, Trump only has a certain amount of money from Save America he can use for his presidential campaign. What he needs to be doing now is spending for loyalists, spending for people in case January 6th, 2025, we have another stolen election. All right. So what we need to do, we need Carrie Lake in Arizona. We need the Republican in in Nevada. We need the Republican Doug Mastriano in Pennsylvania. In Florida, we need Ron DeSantis in Arizona or in Georgia. I'm sorry, we need Brian Kemp. In Wisconsin, we need Ron Johnson, or not Ron Johnson, sorry, Tim Michaels. In Congress, we need good Trump conservatives. We need J.D. Vance, Adam Laxalt, Blake Masters, Mehmet Oz. We need in Congress, not in the Senate, but in Congress, we need Jeremy Majewski, Sandy Smith, um, Max Miller, Madison Gilbert. We need a lot of good conservative candidates in Congress, Republicans in Congress. In these tight races... We need to spend money. And now that Trump has formed MAGA Inc., we believe there's a good chance he will spend big money, I hope so, making sure that this this country is saved. So I just wanted to bring some good news before the end of the program this week, a little bit of a shorter program this week, but we had an interview, okay? We had an interview. And that makes up for the lack of, of content, I believe, so... Not a big news week this week, but we'll we'll be back Tuesday with a brand new episode once again on the Red Future Radio Network. Hopefully more news next week. Hopefully good news next week uh, involving our chances. But until next time, my name is GOP Josh. 
You're listening to the Red Future Radio Network. Make sure you stay tuned. Listen for the signal, not the noise. Red Future Radio. GOP Josh, thank you for tuning in. I, I really do appreciate it. Every time I say this, I, I people say, oh, you're just reading a script. No, I'm not. I have no script up right now. I'm, I'm open on Twitter. No script up right now. I, I'm completely unscripted when I say I thank you so much for listening. It's it, Since January 2020, when I started this program in the same same place, I had a, a slightly cheaper desk. I had a plastic fold-up table instead of a, a wooden solid desk that I bought at an auction. But when I started at a plastic table with a $50 plug-and-play microphone, I never thought we'd be here. So thank you for listening. And at that point, I was interviewing my friends over Discord trying to, to talk about politics with people that didn't know anything about politics. I didn't know anything about politics at that point. But we have grown together. We are growing together. And now I've gone from interviewing my friends to interviewing future Congress people. And that's because of you. Your impact is wholeheartedly supported. Thank you, Gen Z Patriot, for being our Patreon subscriber. Patreon.com slash Josh to join him on our Patreon. Um, thank you for supporting the program. Thank you for supporting Red Future Radio Network. And we're just now starting. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in today. And until next time, stay tuned. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. 